You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Listen, I'm so glad to have you. We are in a brand new year, and I'm so glad to welcome you with us. It's going to be an exciting year of learning. I hope you had a good holiday. I hope you enjoyed yourself. And now we're ready to learn again. Remember in our uh, last year, uh, we introduced you to our leadership edition of the How to Win. And all year long, we talked about leadership. And you can go back now on YouTube. You go to MikeMoreMinister.com. Uh, come and pull up those leadership lessons and grow and develop your leadership. Now, this is a new year, so I'm going to introduce you this year to a new How to Win podcast series. And this edition of How to Win will be our prosperity uh, edition of How to Win our prosperity edition. And all year long, we're going to be teaching you about God's plan to prosper his people. You know, every man has five basic needs, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, social, that's your relationships, and financial and material. Well, I believe God wants us to prosper in every area. But this year, we're going to be talking about financial and material prosperity. God wants you to prosper. And I'll let you in on a secret. I am anointed. I have a special calling to teach in this area. It's going to be a blast. And I just pray that you take the journey with me. I mean, just come on, go with me the whole year. Let's learn and grow in this area of prosperity. Now, our first series, and I'm excited. I guess you can tell I'm excited. Our first series is entitled The Believer's Covenant of Wealth. The Believer's Covenant of Wealth. Our series theme is Material Wealth is Important in God's Plan for Man. Come on, say that. Material Wealth. Prosperity, material wealth is important in God's plan for man. Each one of these episodes, we're going to have a subtopic, and our subtopic today is God, our blood covenant partner. God, our blood covenant partner. Now, remember, the overall series title is The Believer's Covenant of Wealth. Our subtopic in this first episode is God, our blood covenant partner. Now, let's, let's, let's think about this for a moment. The word covenant, say that. Now, covenant is a word that we don't often use in our contemporary society. That's not a word. You're not walking around talking about covenant. 
No, it's not a word that we use in our everyday uh, contemporary speech. So I'm going to have to really dig in this introductory series. I'm going to have to really dig and talk about covenant. What is covenant? I'm going to give you two illustrations. I'm going to give you a biblical illustration of covenant. And I'm going to give you a natural illustration of covenant so that you can understand when we say God is our blood covenant partner, what does covenant mean? Well, first Samuel, let's look at our biblical example of a covenant relationship. First Samuel 18 verses three through four. I want to read it to you in the Amplified version of the Bible. It says, then Jonathan made a covenant. That's our word right there that we're, we're exploring. Uh, Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own life. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him, gave it to David and his armor, even his sword and bow, and his girdle, his belt. Now, the Bible clearly in this text says that Jonathan had a covenant relationship with David. Covenant relationship with David. Now, this is very interesting. Now, we'll get into the fact that he took off his robe, gave it to David. He gave his sword and his bow to David, is built to David. We'll get, we'll get into that in, in, in just a little while. But think about this. He had a covenant. Jonathan had a covenant with David. And we know from the text that the covenant was based off a love relationship. It says that Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him. Because he loved him. Now, this is an unusual relationship, very unusual relationship, because David was a shepherd, an ordinary shepherd. But Jonathan was the son of the king of Israel. He was Saul's son. He was heir to the throne. And the Bible says that they entered, they had a relationship that involved into a covenant. This is an unlikely relationship. Unlikely because, I'll give you an illustration. Our president today is President Biden. Really, President Biden, as president of the United States of America, is in one of the most powerful and really the most powerful positions that anyone could be in. I mean, there's no greater position in our country and possibly in the world than to be the president of the United States of America. There's weight to that. There's influence to that uh, title. There's power to that title. Let's say President Biden entered into a friendship with one of the workers working in the White House. There's a janitor who's working 
in the White House. And that janitor's coming in, and every day he cleans President Biden's office. Now, we all know that when it comes to value and worth, this worker, who is a janitor, who's cleaning President Biden's office, has worth. We know that when it comes to God, worth has nothing to do with our position or our economic status, social status with God. We all have worth and value. But when you just look at these two relationships, the president of the United States and a janitor that's cleaning President Biden's office, there is a huge difference in terms of power and status and all the things that go with positions. Let's say President Biden enters into a friendship with this janitor and they enter that friendship is very close and it evolves into a coveted relationship. That would be a highly unlikely relationship. And you'll understand why I say highly unlikely when we get into what is a blood covenant. So we have here a, a biblical illustration of a covenant relationship. I want to give you a natural uh uh, illustration of a covenant relationship, and that is marriage. Marriage. But I have to qualify marriage. This illustration is really a biblical God-centric marriage. It is a marriage based off Bible principles and a marriage from God's view. Because marriage as we know it today is not fully what God intended, what God intended for marriage to be. So I'm talking about a, a covenant relationship of marriage from God's perspective. I'll give you a proof text in Mark chapter 10, verse 6 through 8 in the New King James Version. Here's what it says. Jesus is speaking. He's talking about marriage. He says, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Talking about Adam and Eve. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. So here we said, we see that marriage from God's perspective is two couples or two individuals, a, a man and a female enters into a relationship. Now follow me and their lives become one, their lives. So God now is not talking about a roommate relationship. When I was in college, I had uh, roommates and, and I would live on, I sleep on one side of the room and he would sleep on another side in a different bed uh, in the room. We were roommates. Now, God is not saying that marriage is a roommate relationship. He's not talking about a relationship where we split the financial obligations. Well, you paid this and I paid that. He's not talking about uh, a convenience relationship where we could just have sex whenever we want to have sex because we we have this 
this relationship. No, he's talking about covenant, a covenant relationship. And, and the two individuals after marriage becomes one. Okay, now, with these two illustrations, let's get into what is a blood covenant because God is our blood covenant partner. I'll give you two definitions, powerful definitions of what a blood covenant is. A blood covenant, number one, is an agreement between two people or two parties in which everything, come on, say everything, in which everything they owned past tense separately, are now equally shared and owned by both. Wow, I said that again. A, a blood covenant relationship is an agreement between two people or two parties in which everything they own separately are now shared and owned equally whether they're assets or debts or weaknesses or strengths or wealth or poverty or abilities or disabilities. In covenant relationship, when two individuals or two parties come together, everything that they owned, past tense, separately, are now equally shared and owned by both. So if... They bring assets. Every asset is equally shared. Every weakness is equally shared. Debts are equally shared. Uh, strengths are equally shared. If it's poverty that they're bringing, it's equally shared. If it's wealth they're bringing, it's equally shared. Is If it's abilities, those abilities are equally shared. If there's disabilities, they are equally shared. Second definition, blood covenant is two lives becoming one. Two lives becoming one. It's two lives becoming one. It's two lives becoming one. So now, when it comes to Jonathan and David, even though Jonathan was the son of Saul, the first king of Israel, he was the heir of the throne with all the wealth and the power that goes with that. He enters in covenant with an ordinary shepherd, David, and the two lives become one. Now, David has access to what Jonathan's own, and Jonathan has access to what David owns. Blood covenant relationship. So when we understand marriage, in marriage, the two lives become one. The two lives become one. Bodies, uh, my wife and I have been married for 45 years. We're, we're in a blood covenant marriage. So her body now is mine, and my body is now hers. Her children, we have two children, beautiful adult children, and her children are my children, and my children are her children, equally shared. Her family is mine. Uh, my family is hers, equally shared. In fact, I look at my wife and her nickname. She has a boy nickname, Pete. My wife's uh, sisters, I look at them as being my sisters. In fact, her 
nephews and nieces call me Uncle Mike because the two lives become one. Possessions, we own our possessions. We have a, a real nice house God blessed us with. And that house has her name on it and my name on it. It's equally shared finances, assets, plan. We plan together. We set goals together because we're in a blood covenant marriage. Now, I don't want to be ugly, but much of what we call marriage is not marriage, like cohabitation. Uh, You say, what's that? Shacking living together without being married, it's really not a blood covenant relationship. Now, it could be legal relationship, but it's not a blood covenant uh, relationship. Business partnerships. Sometimes what people call marriage is legal from a natural standpoint, but it's not a blood covenant relationship. They're business partners. In other words, they're just, they're just doing things uh, together and splitting this and you split this and I pay for this and you play for this and this is yours and this is mine. And sometimes they add to that a marriage agreement, even though it's legal, they add prenups where if we decide to go our separate ways, then you have no access to this. I have no access to yours because we we have a legal agreement that we call marriage. But and even though it is marriage, it's not a blood covenant marriage because the blood covenant marriage, the lines become one. Now, it's powerful. You may be listening to me. You may be married. You got the papers. Well, you went to the, uh, you, you had the wedding and you, you said I do's. But listening to me today, you may realize that you have a legal marriage, but is it a blood covenant marriage? Is it really a blood covenant marriage? Have the two lives become one? Or it's just two people that are married legally living as single individuals in their affairs. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I'm trying to give you a natural illustration to understand what covenant. We're talking about the believer's covenant of wealth, and we're going to get down into the wealth part. But right now, today, we just want to talk about covenant, covenant. When you enter into a covenant with a person or a, a group or whatever it is, then the two lives become one. And everything that you owned uh, it, before the covenant was instituted, you owned that separately. Both individuals owned that separately. But when, the lie, when a person enters into a blood covenant, then everything is owned equally. That's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. In fact, if you establish a blood covenant in your marriage, you will accomplish more. Because the Bible says that if two shall agree as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them. There's power in the agreement. There's power in any marriage that's a blood covenant marriage. But think about this last point that I want to get across. Believers have a covenant partnership with God. 
We're in a covenant relationship with God. That is amazing that we have a blood covenant with, with God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25, verse 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25 in the New Living Translation, it says, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Now, now think about this. And if you're a believer, Christian, you probably at some point in your Christian journey have taken what we call communion, the Lord's Supper, you know, where, where you partake of the bread. It may be a cracker, maybe a piece of bread and the wine. It may be some kind of juice or some people use reg regular wine, but that's communion. That's what Jesus here is instituting in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five. I'll read it to you again because this is just so powerful, so powerful. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying this is the this cup is the new covenant now now we, we don't use that word even when we read our bibles it doesn't say new covenant old covenant it says new testament but that word testament literally means a covenant. It's a covenant agreement. And in our Bible, the Christian Bible, we have two divisions. We have the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, and we have the New Testament or the New Covenant. Okay? Now, Jesus is introducing the New Covenant or the New Testament. And he says, this cup, with this wine, and that wine symbolized his blood, his blood that was shed for humanity. He says that this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. You're his people if you're a Christian. You're his people if you're a believer. And the Bible says that you have a covenant relationship with God. Think about that. We saw the covenant relationship that Jonathan and David, and we're going to get much deeper into that thing. So you can really see what, what was going on when Jonathan made covenant with David. We're going to, in our next lesson, we're going to really get into it. But I wanted you to just see what blood covenant is, what a covenant is it is uh, an agreement between two people or two parties. So when we say that we have a covenant with God, a blood covenant with God, then we're saying that we have an agreement with God in which everything, come on, say everything, everything that was owned separately, everything that God owned before we came in the picture, everything that we owned before God came into our lives, before we accepted God. 
So before we accepted God into our lives through faith in Jesus Christ, we lived a life that was separate. God lived a life that was separate. And everything that God owned before we enter into relationship with him was owned individually by God. Everything that we own before we receive Christ and enter into agreement with God was owned by us or possessed by us individually. But covenant now, a covenant relationship with God, you got to get this. This will cause your faith to just rise and you, it will break any kind of struggle over your life. And especially if you're struggling with poverty and lack and scarcity, inability, unfulfilled desire, it will break it. I'm telling you, if you take this journey with me, you cannot experience or walk in poverty, lack, scarcity, unfulfilled desire. You just cannot do it. Now, watch this. So... We own everything separately. We entered into a covenant with God through Jesus Christ. Now everything, now watch this now. Ooh, we. That's what we used to say when we was little kids. Ooh, we, when something was amazing. God comes to the table. We come to the table. And we receive God when we receive Jesus. So now... Our two lives become one. So everything that God owned individually and separately is ours. And everything that we own or possess individually and separately now becomes God. And this covenant that we have with God, our lives become one. God has access to everything in our lives. He has a right to make a demand on everything in our lives. Our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our efforts. He has a right to access to all of us, but we also have a right to have access to his enormous, immeasurable knowledge and wisdom and strength and wealth, enormous. There's no way to measure the access that we have now that we are one with God, our lives have become one. That's powerful. Meditate on it. Go back and think about it. Listen to this episode over and over and over and over. Because usually when we talk about our relationship with God, we see us on this side, God on this side, but we don't see a merger. We don't see our lives becoming one. When we talk about marriage, because we have such a contemporary view of marriage, we really 
have created distortions, not what God intended. So when we think of marriage, we think of, listen, I'm going, we're going to live together, but you, you, you don't need to know how much money I make. And I don't need to know how much money, and mine is mine, and yours. So we have a distortion of marriages, really. And, and maybe that's the way your parents lived. Maybe that's the way you've embraced marriage. So we don't fully have a concept of God's intent of two people coming together and their lives becoming one. So when we get over into faith and spirituality and the things of God, we have that same separate mindset, individual mindset. We don't have a covenant mindset where everything that is now mutually owned and shared by both. And it again, it's a very unlikely relationship like Jonathan and David, like the president and the janitor, entered into a covenant relationship, it's very unlikely because we bring very little to the table and God brings everything to the table. But because he loves us, he's willing to enter into a relationship with individuals who are bringing so little to the table. But it's his love. If because he loves us that he wants to enter in this kind of relationship. Now, listen, this episode, I, I have to close it, but I hope that you've gotten something about blood covenant in our, our next episode. We're going to go deeper. We're going to talk about the five steps to entering a blood covenant. And we're going to go back to David and Jonathan and we're going to learn, okay, what, why did, why did Jonathan take off his robe and give it to David? And why did he give him his sword and his What was that? We're going to get into that in our second episode. And you don't want uh, to miss it. Now, listen, this is my prosperity edition. So I teach a Thursday podcast, too. You don't want to miss it. It's 7 p.m. Central time. Go to Facebook. Go to YouTube. Mike more minutes, you can download our app, but I teach a Thursday podcast and I'm going to introduce another prosperity series and it's going to be entitled Poor No More, Poor No More. And we're going to be talking about God's perspective on poverty and his remedy for part. You don't want to miss it. Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday. I'm going to be throwing this word out, and I'm telling you, we're going to be breaking lack and scarcity and unfulfilled desires over your life, and you're going to walk in the abundance that God intended from the very beginning that you walk in in Jesus' name. Thank you so very much. Uh, I look forward to seeing you next time and have a great rest of the week.